Hey everybody, welcome to the Tactical Breakdown Podcast. This is your host, Adam Kanakin. I am very excited to bring you our very first, our inaugural episode here on the Tactical Breakdown. To kick everything off, I decided to bring on a good friend of mine, Mr. Grant Ellsworth. To give you a little bit of a background about Grant, uh, he's a veteran, uh, having deployed to Afghanistan. He is currently a correctional officer. He's got 10 years in, and he has a lot of experience when it comes to corrections to training to self-defense instruction and what we're going to talk about today which is dealing with stress i'm going to preface this by letting everybody know that neither grant nor i are claiming to be experts when it comes to mental health Um, we're just two guys that have been kind of living through this stuff and sharing some of our knowledge and experience with everyone and if you can take anything away that is the whole purpose Um, i'm very very excited to bring grant on and I hope that you guys enjoy this very first podcast. It is going to be the first of many. And I look forward to speaking with Grant, having him share his knowledge and his experiences with you. Just a little uh, note for everyone. Grant is from the East Coast of Canada. So for those of you who aren't aware, the accent might sound a little off. That's okay. That's just who he is. Uh, don't take any mind to it. But uh, the knowledge, all of that is all going to be top-notch, and I'm so excited. Grant, welcome to the show. All right, guys, we're here with Grant. And uh, Grant, I just wanted to let everybody know this is, this is going to be the first show that we're putting out for the Tactical Breakdown podcast. And I wanted to have you on as my first guest because we've been talking ever since we did some training with Defense Lab out in Saskatoon. and We've talked about training and tactics for law enforcement, for corrections, a lot about officer mental health. That was something that really stuck out to me. And you developed a little community called the Honey Badger Alliance. And that's something that we're going to be sharing with all our listeners today. But why don't you give us a little bit of a background about who you are and what you do? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show here. Back quite a while ago when I was real young, I did three years with the infantry. I did manage to get a tour overseas to Afghanistan in that first three years. And then I took a little bit of a breather, come back out here to Alberta. I eventually got into corrections, which is where I've been for the last 10 years now. I've had a lot of ups and downs. The biggest thing was I've been able to kind of make my peace with a lot of those issues that I've been having and such now that I just, I want to share that with people. I want to help them out. And I've kind of been able to help some people out here and there, which is great. I just, I would like to do it on a bigger scale now. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I was super excited uh, when you told me that you'd be more than happy to uh, to jump on and, and chat with me um, so everybody can hear kind of the conversations that you and I have all the time, um, which I think is great information. And, and we're going to try to sum up a lot of that um, in our talk today. But why don't we start off with how you got started with with Honey Badger Alliance and with teaching people how to deal with stress and and all those types of things and applying it to their everyday lives, not just when they're at work. How did how did all this get started for Grant? Where it actually started was one day I was at work, you know, you get up and you drag your ass out of bed and you get up and eat your breakfast and you go to work like any other day. And you know, some days things wear on you more and some days you can handle a bit more. And anyways, whatever it was on that day this guy come up to the door. He was trying to get a reaction out of us. And I was like, just this thing in my mind was like, no, today I'm not getting mad. You're getting mad. And you know, that really changed my life forever. I chose not to emotionally react on it. 
I kind of just took a bit of a different approach and it really short circuited the guy. And I was like, well, I wonder why, you know, how come that happened? So that's when I kind of started to do a little bit of studying here and there to behavior with people. Cause I was like, that really worked a lot better than I thought it did. So anyways, that's where it started. And then from there, I was able to get some consistent answers here and there. So then, you know, if people are having the same kinds of problems, cause we're not that special and we're not that different from each other. Like if I'm having problems, you're probably having the same problems or something fairly similar to it. The reason why I picked honey badger is because that thing is like, it's the size of a skunk. All right. And things like lines will mess with that thing and it'll take it right back to those lines. And so the point I wanted to reinforce with that is if someone is being a predator or someone's being a bully or someone's just in general being an asshole to you, you do not have to take that line down. We're at the top of the food chain for a reason. We're savage. So, you know, if someone's they're getting in your business, they're overstepping their boundaries, you have every right to stand up and you have every right to tell them to go pound salt. Most people don't expect that. And I've seen it before uh, from smaller people. They'll stand up for themselves and the bigger person's like, whoa, okay, hey, whoa. Because just like predators, they don't want to get hurt. They don't want to get embarrassed either. And kind of so that's where I started with that. I did pick the honey badgers and avatar kind of, because they have to, you know, stand up against lions where here in Canada we have wolverines and they have bears, which are, they're still fairly big and nasty, but they're kind of slow and dumpy too. So lions are kind of a lot more nastier and I thought it was a little bit more fitting because, you know, predators, they kind of take care of themselves, they're better and, well, you still got to take it to them. So honey badgers are kind of the, is a, is an animal that a lot of people in the, uh, the military and law enforcement fields have drawn themselves to. Um, there's a lot of memes out there um, about the honey badger, and I won't get into what they say uh, for the sake of the show, uh, but I think we're all pretty familiar with them. Um, so I thought that was a really fitting animal that you used and decided to uh, to draw from when creating that. And just for everybody listening, kind of just so you understand a little bit of the context behind Grant's story there, um, when he and I originally talked, we talked about going to work and having these you know, having these really bad days where you don't know what the reason is that you're upset or you're stressed out, or maybe you just have a hair trigger. Um, and there could be a lot of uh, external factors at home with family, with finances, or there could be other things happening where you've had a, a series of unfortunate incidents happen in your workplace. And the story that Grant tells is a day that when he was working at a correctional facility, um, and he went to speak with an inmate. Instead of letting the inmate run the show that day, he decided to take an active approach at turning that that situation on its head and kind of giving back to him the same attitude that he was giving. Um, and it changed the way that he was able to interact with that inmate. Does that sound like a, a good summary or synopsis of, of that situation there, Grant? There's always... It's always kind of an ego battle. I mean, that's just the way it is because, you know, you get your you get your type A personalities in there and then you get those guys in there that they're either they're the same, they're type A, they're narcissistic, whatever. It, it's 100% ego driven. So the biggest thing that I learned that day was, okay, I'm going to try something different and actually not having that clash kind of almost like in a self-defense thing, kind of sidestepping it a bit. And... Then whenever you don't put yourself in that line of fire where you, you get your ego dragged into it, because what happens there is right now, say if I tell you, you know what, Adam, you're really stupid. You're really stupid. I don't know why, but you're really stupid. You're going to be like, well, you know, F you kind of deal. And for the rest of the day, you're just going to be mad at me. And, you know, for no real reason. So 
if I rewind that back a bit and, you know, so if you said that to me, it's like, okay, you know, Grant, F you kind of deal, you're stupid. I'm like, that's great. I don't care. It's like, okay, so, so where do you go with that then? Right. And it's like, your, your opinion doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't matter. You aren't my boss. You're not my wife. You're not my kids. Your opinion really doesn't matter because it doesn't influence me. It's like, <laughs> that is life changing because then that's that little stuff. And, and that's the thing too, because uh, we were talking about, you know, you take it home, you have your things at work that make you mad, things at home as well. And uh, you get these days where you're just, you're so mad and you don't know why. You don't know why, because you're holding on to all this little stuff in the back of your brain. Like, you know, you have an incident where, excuse me, you have exactly what we just described. And then you find out, you know, you get this extra bill in the mail. So that's put stress on you whatever all these little things that build up over the course of the day then something else comes along and you just have an overreaction and you don't know why you're like and i've caught myself doing it before i'm sure anyone listened to this or you've done it too it's like why am i so mad at this this is stupid it's because all the other little stuff you're holding on to it like that kind of stuff you have to really learn to spot check that and just let that go as it comes along and that's huge the only problem with that is is you have to you have to break out of that little bit of an emotional cycle right uh, you have to take that breath. You know, we all say we all play lip service to it, but there's big power in that. Take that breath for that one second, stop and think about it and ask why, why am I getting so mad about this? This is stupid. And like something that simple. And, and that's how it starts right there. Do you think that a lot of that comes from experience or is some of that a learned trait that kind of composure under fire where, you know, when you're dealing with these very difficult individuals that they basically make it their job while they're inside to to screw with the COs. Do you think that's something that has to kind of be learnt with time in? Or are there things that trainers and instructors can do to kind of bring people along a little bit faster? It's actually both. You you there's no shortcut to that. You have to number one, you have to do your studying on it. And that's exactly how that changed for me is I did a bunch of studying on some books. Uh, a good one to mention is ConCom uh, by Rory Miller. He was a corrections officer as well. And he describes basically how we interact with each other on a social level, which is from the uh, emotional amygdala part of your brain, which is your midbrain. And what it is, is basically we run on the script. So, ex- so exactly we'll use that same scenario. If I said, Adam, you're stupid. Well, now all of a sudden I insulted you. And, you know, I've tried to lower your place in our little social group by saying that. So you take offense to that. And you have to, you feel have to defend that. And there's no rationalization that will change that. And emotion is always faster than rationalization, sorry. And so if you can pump the brakes for a second and realize, hey, you know what? This guy's not even in my social circle or, you know, whatever. It's like, it doesn't matter. It is a bit of both. You have to learn about it. You have to be aware about it. But then you also have to apply that because if you don't apply that, that's like um, it's like if you take a traditional martial art where you you never do any sparring or anything like you're, you're learning the mechanics, but you never actually put them into practice and you don't see what it looks like on the other end of it. So you have to take whatever you read. And you have to apply it. And that really it applies with a lot of stuff that you read, especially when you're talking about social interactions. But this 100 percent, it needs to be both. There's no shortcutting that. You have to you have to read it. And you have to be willing to put yourself out there. And I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of times I had stuff blow up in my face. There's also times where stuff just works out. And I'm like, huh, I didn't expect it to work out like that, but I'll take it. And then, and then when it did, 
whenever I get a quiet couple of minutes, I can sit there and think, okay, well, you know, and, and the biggest question you have to ask yourself, why, why did this work or why did this not work? And, and then you have to pull from the list of materials you read because that's where you're going to get your answer. For me, when, when I was going through and learning how to deal with people and, and not just in a security law enforcement type setting, but kind of in everyday life, like you said, it's, it's a combination of, of research um, and also just that learned experience. So essentially what you're saying is that there has to be a, a balance between what you're going to learn on the job and some things that you can do to expand your knowledge base so that maybe you're not so surprised when you have these types of people interact with you or, you know, when they're, people are trying to elicit responses from you. And, and for me personally, I always had that experience. I, it's funny now when you look back, um, and I'm sure you can do the same. If you were to look back at yourself when you first started doing the job, you'd probably be, l- laugh at yourself because I know when I first started doing like security, say when I was 18 years old, I thought I knew everything. You know, I was coming into it as an experienced martial artist. Um, and I had a lot of friends uh, who are either law enforcement or in security and kind of felt like I kind of knew what I had to do and how to do everything. And now looking back at myself um, at that age, it's 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 laughable that I had no freaking clue what the hell I was doing. What are your thoughts on that? What do you, would you do, Grant, if you could go back right now and talk to the younger you when you were about to start your very first day on the job? What is some advice that you would give yourself? Honestly, I would tell myself, keep doing what you're doing. And this is why it's very easy to help coach people that are new or just starting out if you can relate to them that way. So it's like, okay, you're younger. Right now, that guy pissed you off. You're mad. I get it. When I was my, that age back then, I felt like I had more to prove. This is how I felt. This is, is this how you're feeling right now? Then if yes, it's like, okay, now consider these other options. You know, is that really worth, you know, losing your losing the rest of your day over being all mad about it? probably not because you know what that guy's going to forget about it and really at the end of the day who cares that guy's opinion doesn't matter you know so yeah i wouldn't change nothing with that i want that learning experience because it's easier to relate to people with uh, that are just starting out and it's easier to coach them through stuff so they don't make kind of the same they don't extend it as long like they still have to learn those lessons but i just you don't want them to be stuck in that same kind of emotional loop as long if not if you can help it so it's kind of that you know learning to take each experience or each situation for what it is and then being able to kind of leave that aside and move on to your next task without without retaining that angst or, or that anger from the person that you dealt with previously right because that can that can negatively affect and almost snowball in a way how you effectively do your job throughout that day. Because if you have that bad interaction right off the hop and then you take that attitude dealing with the next person where they might have been completely amicable and, and cooperative with you, now you've approached it with a negative attitude or mindset and it kind of spirals out of control. Is is that something that sounds familiar with, with your experience? Oh. Yeah, big time. And again, I learned that lesson the hard way a lot. Like I said, with this with this honey badger thing, all those things that I put out there, those are all lessons that I learned the hard way from banging my head against the wall over the years. Ever since I, I kind of tried that experiment of, okay, you know, I'm just going to let this go. I'm not going to let this bother me. Whatever, I'm going to go on with my day or whatever. Then you get that. And then, yeah, you know, sometimes you get that where it's like, all right, well, whatever, we'll just deal with this and off we go. And that's it. No incident, no nothing. So yeah, oh yeah, there's a 
there's a huge thing that and that that kind of you bring that home too as much as you know we pay lip service to that saying you know you don't take your work home with you when you get in your car or your truck at the end of the day and drive home you know you leave that there yeah easier said than done because again that's from you're saying that from your rational part of your brain but you're holding on to that in your in your emotional part of your brain and those two they don't talk to each other so you get home you know and then that cycle of bs happens again you know your kids might say something your wife might say something you might be take it the wrong way and then you know all of a sudden now you're having an argument with them and it's just it's not good for nobody and you know if you can learn just to actually leave that there but the how and the why to leave that there and you just really have to you have to learn to make your peace with it and let it go like there's no there's no other way around that and and, and really the, the biggest cliff no cheat for that is you have to understand like what is what is the most important in my life right now is this is this going to affect you know is this going to affect my job is this going to affect my wife my kids whatever you have if not let it go like it's not going to matter if it doesn't matter in five minutes from now at the end of the day or at the end of the week let it go it doesn't matter and then your interactions will improve trust me i started trying this and yeah it works i think there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this that draw parallels with what you just said um and especially the fact about bringing your work home with you we all know that in the the law enforcement first responder security military community a lot of the stuff that happens at work gets brought home and a lot of the times those things can't be shared with our family with our significant others and it can create tension at home that didn't necessarily have to be there or it creates a tension that isn't easily expunged because people don't have those tools or those resources um, sometimes it's the spouse or the significant other that doesn't know how to deal with that member because they don't understand the situations, they don't understand the lifestyle, and they don't understand the workloads. Um, so what are some things that you think that people need to be very cognizant of when when it comes to trying to leave that, trying to leave work at work and not bring it home with Quite you? Quite honestly, what I found works for me is if it's not OPSEC, which is operational security, like if it's not part of an ongoing operation or a mission or, or investigation, you know, it doesn't hurt to let them know, Hey, listen, yeah, and, and yeah, I understand. And, and, you know, we get that too, where it's like, they'll never get it. And you know what? They never will get it. But at the same time, at least if they know you're dealing with something really shitty, then they'll be a little bit more receptive. They might give you that break you need. You might not have that argument. Um, you don't have to give them all the details, but just say, Hey, you know, I'm having a really bad day today. Like I had to, you know, deal with a couple of guys trying to kill each other, you know, or you deal with whatever it is, or, you know, you just, you have one of those days where everybody is asking you for everything or, or whatever, right. Depends on whatever field you're in. We all have those things that they just, they wind us up right to the max people at home. They'll never, they will never understand it. But at the same time, yeah, if they know, I think it really does help. So in this case, honesty is the best policy to some degree. Yeah, I think you're you hit the nail on the head there. Honesty is definitely important, especially when you're talking about you know if if you're wanting to build and create those long lasting relationships. I know both you and I are in, in uh, you know newer, younger families. Um, you know we're not those grizzled guy veterans and people that have you know had a thirty year marriage and you've you've already sorted out those kinks or at least you've you've come up with coping mechanisms. But for anybody younger who has you know a younger relationship whether it be with you know a boyfriend a girlfriend or um maybe a, a young husband or wife 
keeping those uh, lines of communication open is always, always important. It's always going to be important. And I think what we had talked about previously before we even hit record on this um, and when we had talked last was communication is kind of the it's the crux of all of this. Right. It's being able to communicate with your partner at home, being able to communicate with your fellow officers, being able to communicate well with the person or the subject that you're dealing with. Where do you feel that these communication issues happen and, and where do these breakdowns occur when you get caught? Um, somebody says something, it sets you off. And like I said, that will always happen. Even if you are like a guru or a wizard at this stuff, that will always happen. Uh, the biggest thing is you just have to catch yourself and, you know, try and catch yourself before you open your mouth. It might not always happen at the same time. Um, I've learned that again, honesty is the best policy there, uh, be it at home or at work or whatever, People can be reasonable with you. You listen, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm having a really bad day or whatever. You don't have to go into no details because we all have bad days and we all get it. So um, you kind of buy yourself a little bit of a, a window there to kind of make it better. I found it's something that's it's that simple. That's really worked well for me over the years, especially lately. Um, getting a little bit older now too, just kind of like what you're saying, younger family, but getting kind of a little bit older, but it's a little bit easier to kind of back off because we're not so maybe confrontational at this age, or we don't feel like we know we have so much to prove because we're, you know, those young early twenties men now, uh, maybe it's a little bit easier. I'm not sure. I wish I would have known that maybe whenever I was younger, but, uh, right now it works really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I would have been able to save any of my previous relationships, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? One of the things that I wanted to bring up because it's a, it's kind of um, it's it's not so much a story, but it's it's a way that I relay this when I'm when I'm doing training, and we're talking about um, you know conflict avoidance, especially. Um, and this is this is the analogy that I use, and I wonder I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Imagine. Right now, um, for everybody listening to this and, and Grant, so imagine you had $86,400 in your bank account, okay? Somebody comes up to you and they steal 10 bucks from you. Would you be upset and throw the rest away, the $86,309 away, in hopes that it, you're going to somehow get back at the person who stole that 10 bucks from you? Or are you going to move on and just live your life and forget about the $10? I got that. If I got that much and I took the 10 bucks, I think I just, yeah, I'd be like, whatever, have fun. Right. 10 bucks, right? I got 86 grand. So I got 86,390 left. We just move on. We live our lives. We never, we never give it a second thought. Well, everybody has 86,400 seconds in each day. That's what the math breaks down to. So why would you let someone's negative attitude for 10 seconds of your day ruin the remaining 86,390 seconds? Basically, don't sweat the small stuff, right? There's a whole bunch more going on than that short time frame. And I like to put that analogy in, in that context. It's that, you know what, you may have that bad interaction. Someone may call you over and swear at you or maybe you know a road rage incident or it could be something that happens at work um, with a boss a co-worker um, or in your case with with an inmate but it's such a short imagine it wasn't even ten dollars imagine it was a hundred dollars right imagine it was a minute and a half of your time 
at, at the end of the day, it's still such a small portion of your whole day. Why are you going to let that affect you? And, and, and sometimes when you can put it in a different context, it, it kind of jumps out at people. You're like, yeah, you're right. Why the hell would I care if it's only a couple minutes or a couple seconds of my day? It doesn't really mean anything. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Right now, say if I flip you the bird, you know, and tell you, you know, tell you where to go. Are you just going to walk away from there? Of course not, because you can take that uh, 83,000 seconds and apply it. But if you get caught in that emotional loop, then you're going to be like, you're going to beat yourself up. And and how many times have you ever said this or had this conversation with yourself? Oh, I should have did this or I should have said that or whatever. That's your ego doing its thing because, you know, we all have a, we all have an image of ourselves and we want to be, you know, we want to be tough. We want to be strong. We want to be able to be a, uh, an active member of our tribe, whatever tribe we belong to, because it goes back that far. Um, and so it's like, it looks like a sign of weakness and you can't have weakness because you'll get exiled from the tribe. Now that's, that's quite a fairly deep level of thinking. If you think about that, but that's how we are wired. So that's why that is just not that easy cut and dry. to Let that go. Basically there's, there's going to be the people that have the ability. Um, and like we talked to and alluded to earlier, it's with that training and that experience comes the ability to, to kind of segment those certain incidents um, and be able to kind of cut the fat or trim the fat from your day. But like you just explained that there's going to be those times where you can't shake that incident, whether it be outside factors, um, maybe it's, uh, you know, something physiological where, you know, maybe you're sick that day and now your body stress hormones are through the roof already. And this is kind of just that cherry on top of the cake. So, Earlier in the podcast, you had referenced the amygdala um, and how our reptilian brains react to things. Um, And you've you've told me in the past that emotion is faster than logic. Um, And now we've broken down before. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that understand the the development of the brain throughout the years, uh, moving from the reptilian brain to the limbic system, um, where we started to congregate in groups and develop tribe mentalities and um, communications and then how our prefrontal cortex has developed most recently and to give us things like fine art and and all those different types of things that don't necessarily have to do with survival anymore but one of the things that you had talked about with emotion being faster than logic is taking it all the way back to that that fight or flight that instant reaction to, to certain circumstances and and how our bodies and our brains react to these conflicts. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's like I, I said earlier, right? If I tell you you're stupid or whatever, you're, you're going you're gonna to get offended. And you're gonna, your first instinct is going to be to fire back. Um, if you can pump the brakes there and, you know, whatever response, or even if you just take the time and, and say, you know, come up with something else and kind of deter me, I'm going to be like, what the hell that wasn't what I expected because what I'm looking for is I'm trying to goad you into that and I'm trying to emotionally off balance you. I'm trying to get you to say something that um, you normally wouldn't say to get you mad and for whatever, whatever my goal is, if I want to start a fight or if I just want to get get you to say something to get you in trouble, it's all, it's all faster and you, you can't, you can't get a handle on it. That's where we get ourselves in trouble. And so uh, there's a lot of Bruce Lee stuff out there saying, you know, don't react on this and don't react on stuff. That is a lot. It's a lot harder than it sounds. 
you know, if I told you, you know, if I told you off right now, I'm sure you'd be mad. You'd have a lot of things to say back to me. So if you can, pra- if you can practice not jumping at that right away, then you've got something and, you know, then you fire back and, um, just kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. Anyways, if you can rationalize something, then people don't like that because they're like, oh, now he's thinking I can't get him off balance or whatever, especially predatory people. They hate that. Or on the other side of it, if you're arguing with somebody and you can, if you can kick yourself out of that, and this is, this is actually where I found what worked really well for me at home. And so the question goes like this, this is what you're saying. This is how I interpret it. Is this what you actually mean? <laughs> oh man, that right there, that has saved so many fights you would not believe. And so, you know, you can make it work for you both ways, whether it be conflict as in, you know, not giving some of that rise they want, and then they get frustrated. And especially if it's like a coworker that's out to get you, not necessarily it has to be inmates or bad people, but coworkers, they do too. And if you don't give that to them, they eventually, they will sink themselves. And unfortunately I've had some experience with that over the years as well. It's, you know, not great, but it happens. Um, like I said, people were not so different. So, you know, if you get one that does that, you can kind of predict that down a chain, how it's going to go for the rest of them. And those types, they eventually will sink themselves. But for your family, you kind of want to be on better terms with them. So try that question, and it's a game changer, man. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we all speak the same words, but we speak a different language. And that's how I would apply that there. So you're telling me, and now there's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast right now that are dumbfounded that you would say that people try to elicit a certain response out of us and try to pick fights when we're at work. Is that what you're telling me? I don't believe you for a second. (laughs) (laughs) No, but one of the things that that you said there that I think is, uh, it's a three-part question really, and and. The second that you just said it there, I, it hearkened me back to talking about active listening and the skill of active listening. And, and what you said there is great. It's when somebody's talking to you, first of all, you should be actively trying to listen to what they're saying and, and concentrate on what they're saying to you. But here's what you said. You said, this is what you said. This is how I heard it. And is this what you mean? Is that right? Yep. So I think that's fantastic. Um, I haven't actually heard it said that way before um, and, and broken down in that context. We always hear about active listening as a communication skill, but I think that's fantastic in the way that it's not only applicable to officers at work, but like you said, when you're dealing with your significant others at home or your friends or family, sometimes, especially when we get off work, we're in a certain mindset. Maybe I had a, a serious, you know, hands-on incident where now I'm not 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 only am I trying to mentally deescalate, but my body is physically deescalating from that situation, and I maybe have a short ride home, and I get home and I'm still going through that process, and you know maybe my my wife or my husband or whoever is asking me questions, and I'm not checked into that conversation at all, and that's where those fights start, right? Where they say, "Aren't you even effing listening to me right now?" And you're like, uh, "What?" <laughs> and then they storm off and the you know the game is on but i think if people can put themselves in that mindset where it's you know hey listen honey i need to i need you to give me 5 minutes um and i promise i will sit and listen to exactly what you have to say but i just need a couple minutes here and and taking that time for yourself if you need it 
um, is very, very important, especially when it comes to practicing a skill set like that, where you're trying to completely understand what they're trying to tell you, because it could be something as simple as going out a short grocery list that they need for dinner. But if you're not 100% checked into that, something could go awry or, or you can miss something. Oh, man, those grocery lists. I hate those. You know what I do? I seriously, it's like you got to text it to my phone because I'll never remember because, yeah, you could just be having a day where you're you're still trying to sort through a bunch of stuff. That kind of stuff. I just automated. Listen, you know what you want? Can you just write it down so I have a reference? That, that'd be great. You know, you hit the nail on the head there, too. Uh, I've actually I use it all the time. I, I want to hear what you're saying. I really do, but right now I can't listen. I'm, 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 and again, this is where that communication thing is. This is what I dealt with today. Uh, right now, I'm still kind of a bit agitated, irritated, whatever you're feeling. I want to listen to you, but right now I can't. I need a couple of minutes. I just need to kind of go over here and do something to distract myself, and then I will listen to you. That, that again, is another thing. It's like it's so simple, and, and you know, but it works. It's not magical. It's just simple, and it, it's great. What is something that you have learned, whether it be understanding yourself and your situation, or what have you learned about being able to share your stories and your experiences with other people? And how has that helped you? Uh, Right now where I'm at, like I said, I'm a lot doing a lot better with it now than I was before. So the biggest thing I find is, is showing people that it's okay to be human and we're all human. We all fail. We all mess shit up. Right. And so I always make sure to tell a story where I messed something up or I felt ashamed of myself or I felt mad at myself. I describe the story. I describe what I felt through it. And then I tell the story where the next time it happened, this is what I did different because I learned this lesson. So now I approach it from this way with this understanding. And this time it turned out an awful lot better for me. And people can relate to that 100% of the time because, again, our experiences with each other are not unique we're not special in that degree like a great example again i read in in this one book is have you ever had the same argument with someone 10 times the same argument it's not about finding a problem it's about who's right and so we're all the same like we 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 kind of run on scripts right so once you realize that okay i'm going to break this script now because now i understand what's going on and i'm not going to do this no more then you've got something and when you can tell somebody that and they can be aware of that then it's like that again it's like that other you know old adage you teach a man to you give a man a fish you feed him for a day teach a man a fish you feed him for life it's the same thing right but you have to be able to relate the experience if i can if i'm just sitting here up here on a pedestal and saying well you should be doing this because of this this and this nobody can relate to that it's like no this is what i went through the person that's sitting right beside you is probably going through the same thing or has gone through it and they're probably beating themselves up quietly because we all do that as i've been found with the more people i talk to and as soon as you tell them, hey, I felt this too. Now this is this next time it come up or, you know, if you're still struggling with it, look at it this way or deal with it this way next time. And this is why you deal with it this way. And this is how it'll probably turn out. That's like a, that's huge, man. It's like life changing. What are your thoughts on giving people time and space? Obviously when it, it doesn't come down to a, you know, an immediate threat type situation or, or a bodily harm situation, but what are your thoughts on giving people time and space? So for corrections you can sort of kind of get away with that a little bit uh, as long as yeah the guy doesn't you know do anything he's not supposed to be doing like anything illegal or anything assaultive or violent you know it's a fairly controlled environment if you let him kind of walk away and i've learned that too you know you you know somebody kind of makes the comment at you or whatever and you just you want to jump in there right away and be like oh what the hell did you blah 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 but you know 
you let them go and kind of just walk it off for a couple of minutes, you go back, that conversation is completely different. So for you, Grant, what's, what's going on in the world of Grant right now? Um, where can people find you? Where can they get a hold of you? Let me know what's going, what's going on. Uh, you can get a hold of me in uh, actually quite a few places right now. I have my Honey Badger site. The main website for those is uh, honeybadgeralliance.com. I also have a Facebook page, which is Honey Badger Alliance. And if you want to follow me and you want to see the content first, that's where you're going to see it. The other one is Instagram at Honey Badger Alliance with no spaces as well. I run my own martial arts school here now in Calgary, and it's called Defense Lab Calgary. It's a branch of the, the main defense lab program. And you can find that at uh, defenselabcalgary.com. And if you want to check any of those out, it's got the content on there. Uh, I put a lot of the stuff from headquarters on there, but at the same time, Defense Lab is absolutely fantastic because you can take it and do whatever you want with it. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah, any uh, any of those links are going to be uh, added to the description for everybody. You can check those out um, or on the show notes page all about Honey Badger Alliance and what Grant is doing out there in Calgary. Um, so, Grant, I just want to say, man, thank you for being the very first guest on the podcast. I know we had gone back and forth on a lot of stuff. Oh, and if anybody hasn't already um, seen, there is some... Uh, Grant has put together some actually pretty awesome gear uh, from Honey Badger Alliance that I really, really like. I got a, I think you sent me a cap and a shirt and I absolutely love them. They, for a big guy like me, um, who's kind of lanky with gorilla arms, those shirts fit freaking perfectly, um, which is extremely hard to find. I don't know why, but, uh, but if anybody's in the same boat as me and I'm about uh, six feet tall and I got arms like a gorilla, those shirts are, uh, they fit perfect. So I wear mine all the time and, uh, we'll do a, we'll do a little gear review for you and, uh, throw that up on YouTube for everybody to check out so they can see your stuff, man. And I would definitely recommend picking up some stuff and supporting what you're doing because I, uh, I love what you're doing. Um, the information and the knowledge that you're sharing with everybody. So thank you for that. If you like what I'm doing and you want to support it, then I very much appreciate it. Plus what I'm doing, I kind of wanted to give it a frame of reference, like something to get behind. And so when you see that badger on scratch mark, what that represents is you want to stand up for yourself, but you want to do so intelligently through an understanding of how we interact with each other from a social perspective. You have some value. You're not going to be stepped on by anybody, but do it intelligently so you don't put yourself in any hot water. So when you wear that apparel, that's what that represents. That's awesome, man. So Grant, thank you so much for taking the time chatting with me today. I know there's going to be, uh, we've already talked, we're going to already put some more stuff out there for everybody down the road here. So thank you for joining me and I look forward to talking to you again soon. My friend. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me and uh, we'll see you again here next time.